This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, my friend Karen Kilgariff. Hi, Chris Fairbanks. I have a story to tell you, surprisingly. Let's hear it. I think I just am going to go into it. Great, great. I'm ready. Okay, good. Brace okay. yourself. All right. I was driving today, and at a light, this guy uh, shuffled into the middle of uh, the walkway or the crosswalk in front of all the line. I'm like, and then he stopped and he was limping. And then all of a he pulled kind of a Willy Wonka where he's like, look at me, I'm limping. No, I'm not. And he started juggling, but he no. juggled. And I didn't look to see if this is like a world, world record, but it was seven balls, seven balls, super high above his head. And he was doing like leg kick. He was like hacky sacking it back into his hand. He was the best juggler I've ever seen. And he knew he's been doing it in the intersection so long. He knew he didn't look up to see that the light was green. He stopped, did a bow. And so he didn't even ask for money. He just did the most amazing juggling. If you ask me if I care about juggling, uh, it's like magic or something. I say I don't. And then when you see someone that's amazing at it, I almost started crying. And sure. uh, that's just, I. that's what I saw. Because you know what? I think the crying part is because it wasn't just, it's not like juggling itself would move you, but that man knows everyone is on the razor's edge of losing their minds right now. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to take to the streets and I'm going to remind people of human magic. And that'll just be my volunteering for the day. And on top of that, I, of course, was thinking, what is his background to be that good? Was he in Cirque du Soleil or some other circus? I'm sure he would, had, he did it for a living at some point. Seven balls is nothing to... Uh, sneeze at, but it is something to write no. home about. <laughs> I was trying to imagine what's the standard amount of balls, which I guess opener amount is three. Yeah. Right? That's when you're like in the kitchen trying to be kind of fun and sexy at the same time. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. look what I can do. Erotic, the erotic three, they call it. <laughs> the erotic apple juggler. But then incorporating four more, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, Tommy Drake, this guy in uh, Houston that used to be a comic and juggler at the same time, uh, mm. he'd like open for share and then he did family friendly versions of his joke as he juggled swords and knives at uh, at Six Flags. Anyway, he did five knives and that was like a record. Like he was the best at. So I'm seven balls has to be something. Can someone do eight? And this guy. It's 
You know what I'm thinking of is like all of the grammar school art that my teachers had on the wall where like there would be a clown with a with all the balls that had children's names inside or something. And it's like that was probably 25 in a yeah. standard classroom. Just I'm just trying to compare. Contrast. Yeah. Like, I don't really have a lot of juggling background myself. Right. But that's it's a good comparison because everyone in traffic turned to a little kid and they all were in a good mood. And, and I wanted to pull over. But what am I going to say? Hey, you're good at that. Here's a dollar. I'm going to insult you. He's like, sir, get away. Money. I'm an artist. Yeah. Stop harassing yeah, me. Yeah. He just snubs me and doesn't make eye contact. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he pretends God. he didn't do it. I feel like I'm at a comedy party again. <laughs> you know who absolutely will know how many balls is the juggling limit is our guest today. Yeah, sure. I was going to say, he'll know. He used to absolutely. juggle and do magic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but I do know. He's from the Pacific Northwest. That's where all that stuff he Probably brought that rain born. that we're experiencing <laughs> down from Seattle, everybody. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, guys. That, that was me. You've seen him at clubs and colleges. Uh, he's hilarious. He does a lot of colleges. Put your ears together for Fahim Anwar. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Hey, I love the boilerplate clubs and colleges. Like, <laughs> crowds are just wow. Like, oh my God, honey, this guy does clubs and colleges. Yeah, he does versatile. it all. Educated yeah, children. Can you imagine that audience? <laughs> you know, I throw in a third credit. I say, say clubs and colleges and then throw in corporate events from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, whoa, we can work corporate clean? Yeah. Because there might be some executives in the crowd. That's right. Because I'm advertising when I'm up there too. Right. I treat every set like a LinkedIn profile. Have to. Yeah. That's <laughs> when your career really starts to skyrocket. Like I used to do things that I thought were funny. But now I just treat it like, you know, yeah, like you said, a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. <laughs> I open my set by saying I'm here to network. <laughs> and then I, I hand out cards to the front so, row. Let's keep the laughing at a minimum because this is business. Yeah, this is business, guys. You can't hear my strengths. <laughs> it's funny, though, because we are supposed to do some level of that. When I was young and opening for comics, I remember Mike Berbiglia and like Dane Cook actually putting down paperwork and sh gathering it in a bag at the end, like a email list. And then they go home and tell everyone, thank you for coming to the show. And that was something I still don't, that's so far removed from my brain, but yeah. Yeah. It's such a necessary, it like such a necessary thing. You know, it's a, that's what separates a lot of people like, like someone who's like Kevin Hart or someone who's like very funny, but you'll never know who they are. Or I have a, you know, it, it's hard to get to that level without having, like open mic or energy, no yeah. matter no matter yeah. what level you're at. It's yeah. crazy. Like it never ends. Yeah. I'm still going to lie to myself and say it's about uh, joke quality. Um, <laughs> yes. That's sad. That's all. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time to realize that lesson. I'm like, uh, being good and people caring are, are they're like independent of each other. They yeah. have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you are, you are one of my favorite comic. You do a, a very relate like every joke you do it's it's that situation where it's like oh my god why didn't i think of that before like your bit about <laughs> trying to meet up with someone that's on the move or they're going oh. to a different club like i think everyone has real has thought that is the most frustrating thing ever but no one has done a joke about it as far as i know and your whole act is like a bunch of relatable scenarios and uh, it's so great. I just watched your your special, your hat trick special. And oh, cool! So many things in that were like, God, I've thought of that, except for the joke part. I'd just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah. know, that's that's just great comedy. You know, you just say what we're all thinking, but haven't it's, put it into words yet. I mean, it is truly <laughs> it, it, it. That is actually the formula. I think. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, there are people who have jokes, and you're like, ah, oh, yes, you know what I mean, like. They just cracked it a certain way. And I think that's the difference between like stand-ups and people who just have uh, regular jobs is uh, everyone has these thoughts. But I think like, you know, the art of doing stand-up is just drilling down to the minutia and like uh, taking a feeling into like a thought for an audience or something. Yeah. Yeah. You've, yeah. I've seen you do it many times and I love it. Thanks, man. Ditto. Yeah, I'm a fan too. That's cool. You saw the special. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it was great. You know, it's, avail it's available on YouTube, so it's on my Guy YouTube Patrick, channel. Fahim Anwar. 
I yeah. watched your two late night sets because oh, yeah? uh, our oh. producer Annalise sends us a little thing of like, let's blurb, all make sure blurb. we know what's going on with this guy. And That's nice. That's more than most general meetings you go on, you know, like your people will be like, hey, so-and-so at Sony wants to meet you. You go, oh, great. And you get in the chair. And they have this like look of like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and you go, oh, this is just a stand-up show in an armchair that I have to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For one dry man who doesn't care. The one care. dry man doesn't know who you are or why you're here. <laughs> he filled the calendar. He's just dotting his I's and crossing his T's so that if you get famous, he won't get fired. Because they'll be like, <laughs> I met with him. <laughs> Great guy. Great Loved guy. his stuff. Loved his yeah. chair stuff. He was very well hydrated. We took care of him. We, two, <laughs> two bottles of water. <laughs> and a Diet Coke. I remember having that realization going on meetings and they do like your representation always words it like they they want you for this part. They want <laughs> yeah, to meet yeah. you. And it's uh -huh. completely not true. And it was like probably year three of living here where I was like, wait a second. These people are being paid a lot of money to meet with people all day long. They yeah. don't want to meet with me. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah. care about me. They don't. Uh -huh. They're probably being told like it was such a sad like oh, I'm being lied to on like every level. Every level. It's hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. the last one I did, and it had been years since I had like a general meeting, never over Zoom. They were, after seven to 10 minutes, they're both like, well, I got to go. I got another thing. And I was all prepared to, I, we hadn't even gotten to my uh, ideas or thoughts about anything. It was <laughs> funny. You had like an easel on the other side of the door, like ready to. <laughs> yeah. uh, a friend is going to come in with your pitch for yeah. Jurassic Park, yeah. the reboot. Turns out that pitch was softer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dinosaurs, it's frogs. Are you ready? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Are you ready? Leave meeting now. <laughs> I mean, Zoom has really made it great for pointless meetings, though. All you got to do is crack open a laptop and be like, oh, this is fun, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> No traffic, no parking. It's great. Oh, the pandemic. Perfect. Yeah. Isn't it great? For real. <laughs> the sweat that I would build between putting on makeup in my car and walking across <laughs> the like six football fields of parking lots in all of the studios around town. We're just like, what is, what am I doing? Why would I do this? This is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice. I mean, look, the pandemic was a terrible thing, yes. but I think what has come on the other side of it is people really valuing their time. Yeah. That's... It's like pre-pandemic, no one gave a fuck about their time. It was crazy yeah. how much we were just giving for point, like things that could have been phone calls, things that could have been Zooms, auditions. I, I did a callback for this like NBC show via Zoom. That's like, <laughs> yeah. that's like a big thing that they're doing over Zoom. Whereas before, you would go to a pre-read. You would go to the actual audition. Yeah. You would go to the callback with producers. You would go to a studio test. You would go to producer. Like, yeah. so much. Yeah. I mean, was it? do you think it was easier to do a callback on Zoom than if you were in the room? I th Well, the thing is, like, I am a stand-up who visits these Hollywood things. Like, stand-up's my main thing. So I love it because I'm not my entire being isn't wrapped up in like, I hope I get this part. Right. So I, I love the value of time. Like, and that feeling of nervousness. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my home. It's so minimal. Like maybe right. when I crack open my laptop for like two minutes or five minutes, it might be butterfly. But when you have an audition, it's like you're in traffic, getting ready, yes. you know, sh in the shower, the whole ritual. It's like half your day is just, you're a knots. Yeah. And yes. being in a room and being judged in some way, there's this power dynamic that kind of doesn't exist over Zoom. Yes. And from, <laughs> that's can't. so funny. It's like we're great if they still try, if they still tried to mind fuck you via Zoom. <laughs> yeah. They're like, can you go downstairs and yeah. just fidget on your yeah. sofa for 30 minutes and then come back up? Yeah. Or they try and make their monitor slightly bigger. They have like a, <laughs> a design guy. I want my, I just or want he just, my He just puts a crown. Big. He puts a crown <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> it's good to be here. Don't mind this scaff I'm holding. <laughs> yeah. I'm, he changes his background to a cloud. That's right, motherfucker. I'm God. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said this before. When that was happening and we i was like i can't believe i'm doing stand-up into a silent abyss over zoom and then i went turn on tv and stephen colbert is 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 struggling through a monologue over zoom <laughs> and i realized oh we're all the same look at this 
human with no power and all my gray hair went away i had gray hair come <laughs> it uh on the sides here it's kind of come back yeah. now that we're all thriving again yes. uh, but i mm-hmm. it was such a weight off my shoulders oh it was great like it was it's pretty interesting just like the smoke and mirrors of gloss once the pandemic happened everyone was a youtuber yeah like yeah. <laughs> trevor noah jimmy like vloggers had an edge up on them because that's what they've been doing their whole lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had to come down and like these people were at that level all the time. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. yeah. We still haven't kind of pulled out of that. Yeah. Like, like it's fun. It's cool. But like, I feel like after the pandemic, it feels less relevant. It was already kind of on a decline, but when you got to see, it's like you got to see late night with no makeup on when yeah. the yeah. pandemic happened. Right. Yeah. So now it feels kind of like a relic of the fifties or something. Or There was yeah. also... Up north, I was at my sister's house, and they were doing the news, but they were all from home. So there was, like, the <laughs> weatherman was, like, at a weird green screen in his living room. And it was my favorite. I think he had a cat that kept walking through or something. But I was just, like, it was so fascinating to watch where I was, like, hey, first of all, it's not my problem. Like, I don't have to feel any of that tension yeah. of, like, what what are we going to do? How are we going to get this done? I was just, like, oh, thank God. I do podcasting. I don't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. That's yeah. awesome. But then the idea of, like, wait, this is better like we, the way things have gotten to this point where it's like, what we like is a bunch of people fake applauding and fake laughing. What we like is this. It's like, no, we don't. Like mm. people, what people like is seven balls being juggled in the crosswalk. Like God, that's... I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's real. <laughs> it's real. God damn it. It's <laughs> yeah. in the streets. You get a honk, you earn that honk. <laughs> There's no sign that says honk now no. from a producer. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I like those drive-in shows. You think someone tells you that they're going to honk at you. Uh, I was like, oh, that's going to be terrifying. A honk only means bad. Get out of the way. I want to kill you. And I've never a symphony of honks. <laughs> is like my favorite. Yo, what if what if you're still like conditioned from the pandemic? These comedy shows, though, you're in like the yeah. 405. People are honking. You're like, I crushed. Yeah. Yes. These, these, these guys love me. Yeah. <laughs> they're honking because you won't. It's green and you won't drive. And you're just like, yeah. thank you. I'll be here all week. And you just yeah, sit there you. till yeah. Wednesday. I'm still here with my work. <laughs> You're from Seattle, right? I am, yeah. Did we talk last time about working at Boeing and and uh, maybe? Well, the thing is, like, I went to UW, University of Washington, got my engineering degree there. They're mechanical, huskies, right? Mechanical, if you guys were wondering. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mechanical yeah. engineering. I was gonna mechanical, ask not kitchen appliances, the big stuff, the big stuff, not planes, civil. cars. <laughs> Uh, robot dogs <laughs> that kill you <laughs> that kill yeah so then I got a job in Long Beach because I just applied to jobs in Southern California because I knew I wanted to do this so you got to go to New York or, or LA and I'm a West Coast kid my family's still in Seattle so I was like oh, I'll, I'll just apply to so you knew right away after you did all the post-grad work you're like how do I also do stand-up were you struggling with that yeah. I mean, it was just like a very methodical, premeditated plan. I mean, I was doing stand-up when I was 18. Like when I graduated high school, okay, I was just going to the, cl- I was going to the comedy underground and giggles a lot through the summer. No laughs in Kirkland? Well, it wasn't built yet. <laughs> I love them. Dave and Angela. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, their first comedy club was like part of the Ramada Inn. You yeah. Know, in oh, the lobby. Wow. And nice. I used to go there all the time, like Friday and Saturday. They would give me 20 minutes Yeah, because I was going to college and I couldn't. My parents were a little strict, like I couldn't do comedy through the middle of the week. So, okay. but Friday and Saturday, they would give me 20 minutes. So that was kind of like my home club, this Ramada Inn. Wow. Nice. La- laughs. Yeah, yeah. But it was good. It, it was it, like, it was a good crowd. Yeah, they're the, what it one of the first clubs that <laughs> said, hey, we're going to take a chance on you because of a video we saw or something. And I, that was one of the first times that happened. Oh, yeah, they're great. I think I'm going to do it sometime this summer. Because... They were in Kirkland, and then now they're where Giggles used to be in yeah. the university district. And so it's good. I've, I've been there. It, it was fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Is Giggles the one with a brick wall? Like a brick, uh, it's a brick corner? Is that yes. It? It, yes. It is a corner. Yes. Maybe it used to be brick. Yeah, they, they changed or it. I'm, that might yeah. be my memory laying on a comedy club brick element that wasn't yeah. actually there. It was just a corner. That'd be funny. You're on the road so long, you can just blindfoldedly lay, a, like lean against a brick wall and you can you can say what club it is. Mm. Uh, three by five inches. It's good to be back in Cleveland. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so rare because you had by a good job that you worked hard to become a, aer- is it aero- sure. aerospace engineer? Aerospace, uh, engineer. aerospace. engineer. I mean, that aerospace. word is like, you've... It sounds cool, I guess. Yeah. People will be like, you, you uh, like rocket scientist or something. I go, no, nah, I, I stay in the atmosphere, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just aerospace. You give me too much credit. Yeah, it's just aerospace. Yeah. But you did have to use a protractor, right? That was a serious I wish. Thing. No? no? Just, no. <laughs> just numbers? <laughs> just, no. Yes, it's just the computer work, really. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it gets, it gets, it gets so niche. You're not even like you could, I mean, I mean, this may be hyperbole, but I feel like you could teach a high school kid who's who, to do any job really. Cause it gets so specialized. Yeah. Once you get into the field, it's repetitive and you use the same software. Yeah. What were yeah, you well, working on? I feel like I'm smarter in college. Last, <laughs> last time, the last thing you were working on, do you remember? Like, was it a hatch door or a window? Like, no, what? like, okay. The whole time I was there, I'm trying to think. It was like the floor beams for... Okay. The 747-8 freighter, which is like UPS and all that. Mm. And then passenger, which is like ones we fly, you know, people. So you want to have a a solid uh, divide between the passengers and the luggage. That's the first. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. The the loads are different. You know what I mean? Like the load cases you get. But I mean, it's very unglamorous. You tell someone like I worked on the floor beams. So (laughs) when you walk to your seat, you're welcome. The reason you don't fall through the floor is me. Yeah. And they're no, like it's... clicking off the Zoom. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was outer space. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have to do uh, equations on a gigantic chalkboard? Yeah. What, what, I mean, n- yeah, no. But that'd be great just, <laughs> just to feel like I'm in a beautiful mind or something. Yeah. It's yes. very simple. They Did go, you, you don't to, need to do this. Yeah. Write equations in front of a bunch of drunk college kids from Boston. Yeah, with a, with and I go, how sweater. you like, how you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if any, I wonder if anyone tries to use that quote nowadays, but everyone's too young. So they're like, what are you talking about? What apples? What apple? I want to do a joke, like say, like I like going on dates with like girls in their early 20s and just do movie quotes from the 90s. Yeah. So I'll just be like, somebody stop me. <laughs> or do I make you horny, baby? Do I? And she'll just be like. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what's what's going on? She's dialing nine one one next. Yeah. Year. Or you're on a date with someone that's never ever seen a movie. They were like, they grew up in, in a very religious commune, and they just think you're a genius. Everything <laughs> he a- says, it's always in a different voice, but it's so funny. He's yeah, the you're best. just quoting Ace Ventura, and they think that you're some <laughs> savant. <laughs> that is so weird. You ever meet those people? Yeah, like you're saying, who are like very religious or we didn't watch movies growing up. And it's it's like they're Encino Man or something. Yeah. It's crazy. You have no cultural touchstones with them. Speaking of Encino Man, when you <laughs> oh two, God, when yeah. you guys close your eyes, do you just, I can't get rid of the vision of Brendan Fraser crying. <laughs> That's all in Encino Man. I've seen him cry so much <laughs> lately. No more grown up Brendan Frazier. Sure, sure. Uh, him uh, and uh, Hue Kwan. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, they were both in Encino Kiwe, Man. I forgot Kiwe. about that. Yeah. I saw that screen grab of of them in Encino Man. Like both are Oscar winners. Yeah, now. yeah. It it is really cool, and it does make me cry too. It's just there's a lot of crying and i'm hey yes, you know yes. i cry i wake up hey, crying you're a big sometimes. crier i you love to cry but man a lot of crying well I, when you look at his career and tra- the trajectory yeah. you think you're out and then there's this outpouring of support and then you win the biggest it's yeah it's gotta yeah. be emotional it is cool. Yeah, and that for, for both got, of them, yeah. that standing ovation Brennan Fraser got in con for it was like a ten minute standing ovation or whatever, where it's like that's how he came back after uh, being gone for fifteen years or yeah. something. Like oh, I, like they I, all had just watched the whale and then freaked out, and he didn't know if anyone would even like it. Exactly. Whoa, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, that director's pretty big though. Is it in like Aronofsky or whatever? Yeah. Darren? yeah. So, it? I mean, it's not really a roll of the dice. Like, if you're in a Spielberg <laughs> film and you're like, I I hope people like it. Yeah. Will Fingers it be crossed. good? Yeah. I'm in this Tarantino movie. I hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, I did this bit at the improv one time because, like, I always read every year. It's always like so-and-so gets 
Dune gets seven minutes standing ovation or the whale gets and everyone just accepts it. I want to be like, do you know how fucking long seven minutes is? I go, that's bizarre. I go, let's let's do an experiment. Let's pretend my film (laughs) just got done screening and you guys start clapping. All right. So I did it the Hollywood Improv. I go, okay, my film just got done screening. They all start clapping. And I just, I stand up there and I'm very gracious and I'm trying to act natural while the applause are coming. <laughs> it gets weird after 30 seconds. <laughs> and like the audience can feel how weird it is. And I go, 45 seconds, everybody, 45. And I try to go for as long as they will, but like the crowds never go past a minute. They get tired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you really got to will yourself to do seven, eight. Your hands are getting bloody. There's just no way anyone means it by minute like seven. There's no way. Correct. It's almost like the perfect microcosm for Hollywood. Just the artifice, the bullshit, the veneer, like clapping. It's so performative. (laughs) I want to work with Aronofsky too. Clap, clap, clap. Like they're yes. probably all filmmakers in the audience. I wonder if there's one guy who's in a suit and a tie during con, you know, and then he like sits down after three minutes and everyone's just giving him the stink eye <laughs> and he, he gets fired from whatever. Yeah. Whatever studio. Got to play ball. <laughs> Jerry, we saw you. You're out. You couldn't stand for 10 minutes. Brendan saw that. <laughs> he's he's upset. Through That's why tears. he's crying again. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to yeah. do the whale too now. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing because this, the two guys that, did everything everywhere all at once, which is an amazing movie, and they deserve. I liked it. Yes. They deserve those prizes. Yeah. But after your fifth speech, go up there, grab it, and run. Like do the thing everyone wants you to do, which is zip it and go. Not like I just, I just thought of one more thing. My teacher, I forgot my teacher. Uh, Where it's yeah, like yeah. they did it every time. Where it's just like no, no, no. You're you were welcome the first three or four times. Now get out for real. It's almost like emceeing, you know, I, you know, I never did it a ton, but whenever I, whenever I did emcee, I would do my time up top mm-hmm. and then I would just introduce people. I'm not trying to do time in between. Right. You know what I mean? There's times I've enjoyed that, but if anyone does time before me or after me, I take it as a, oh, this guy just ate it. So let me do a joke. <laughs> That's a good point. You're like, oh, this guy's trying to palate cleanse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's he's the coffee beans at the fragrance counter. <laughs> or they do a little crowd work that then they eat it as the right. MC, where you're just like, no, no, we can't go down any further. You have to only go up. You can't do that. It's almost like seeing the Matrix because sometimes they're like younger comedians and don't know. And like, you know, the most they can get as an <laughs> MC during this show. And then you're like, oh, no, they're doing bits. Like, yeah, I know they want it to go, but it's just, it's like impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Read it. So you're like, ah, oh, you should just, yeah, just bring someone up. Yeah, it's funny we're talking about that because every time I've seen it, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And I know that I've done it. <laughs> of course. Well, I got to be professional. I, I, maybe it's not very professional. Just go up. Hey, that was great. Here's the next comic. I, I shouldn't do that. I don't know why I forget. That's oh, exactly I love doing that. You I know, my new do. mantra is I want to do the least amount of work to get the most amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's like new. That just, it's new for you. You've never thought of that before. Uh, well, here's the thing, because I think when you're younger, you get glitz and glam like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to be an actor on some CW show or whereas like you might make more just doing stand up or you might make more writing a show. So mm. all these like jingly Hollywood things like, OK, but now that you're older, you realize the time suck of all these quote unquote <laughs> cool things. Yeah. yeah. Like you're in a trailer in Vancouver for like six months <laughs> to be on a show. People watch one there on their treadmill yeah. at the gym. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you can like be in LA and maybe sell a script or something. So you start seeing the matrix that way. Like, yeah. Oh, maybe that's not as cool. Acting is so much harder. I mean, Oh, Chris might disagree. When I think it's just I had this idea of what it was in my head where it's like, no, I like stand up because I'm in charge. I write it. I decide I leave when I want. Yeah. Everything you put into it, you get out of it. Yeah. Whereas auditions, it's like, okay, you have to memorize three, four scenes. You're spending two, three days. You're running it with somebody else. You drive or you used to whatever. You do the audition. You don't get it. (laughs) 
all that work just evaporated. And yeah. also, into the... you you retain the memory of the scenes. Like, do you have you ever had that where like I've done things where I've memorized it. It kind of didn't make sense. I wasn't the biggest fan, and for years afterwards, I could do that scene <laughs> if people walked up and cued me. Yeah. Because it was all, be- it it's all became so kind useless. of a, a traumatic failure memory where I was just like, ugh, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, like, that, you, that, that'd so be great sad. if you did like a one woman show and you're just <laughs> dumping all all the memories of the auditions you never got. And you just kind of, it's like your synapses are firing yeah. and you just do a commercial for Imodium AD. <laughs> and then you do, you do uh, a scene from some sitcom. It's like snarky yeah. best friend, slutty best friend. Man hungry best friend. Yeah. It's just like every single possible scene I've ever. But only the traumatic ones, because those only trauma puts it in your memory forever. All the fun stuff you don't remember that. You no. know what's funny is like I think maybe this is five years, six years ago. Hollywood, they were do- they were doubling up on a diversity role. I was seeing so many roles for like a gay Indian. <laughs> there were so many just auditions for like the character is a gay and he's he's gay and he's Indian. It was just funny how they were doubling up on the roles. Like right. they wanted two two diversities. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to, so they can get them. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see the meeting about that. Hey, this guy's a. They probably have a word for it. This guy's a two for one. <laughs> well, I think they they write what they want to write, and then they kind of see what comes down from the top, right. and they go, okay, all right. Well, we need two. We don't have two roles. Let's have Raj be gay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's great. It's a long way from 90s auditions where, no joke, I think I auditioned two different times for sitcoms where a woman falls in love with a talking dog. No, oh, really? no joke. There's oh, a talking wow. dog that then the the arc becomes there's romantic feelings about the dog. I swear to God. The first time I saw it, I was like, this is a joke script. This is fake. There's no way this is real. And if I was going in as the man-hungry best friend of the girl that discovers her dog can talk, and then it's kind of like, I don't know, I, we really get along. It's kind of I great. mean, so, I mean, is the audience rooting for this dog to fuck this chick? I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't no, I don't think anyone knew what they were rooting for in the 90s. It was like such a difficult time for all of us. Yeah, there yeah. was. If you to think back that there was a show called Small Wonder about a robot girl that that said the darndest things. <laughs> I really think we've evolved as humans over the last. Maybe in for a lot sure. of ways, not for the best. Oh, but you know, a, I I guess we didn't realize what a golden age we were in terms of just being a creative and pitching. Like, oh, what was it, what was acceptable? Yeah, didn't didn't have to be in the realm of reality. You probably didn't even have to have a pitch deck. Yeah, you just like no. went in there and the you go. Yeah, it's about a robot. Girl. Uh, look out or, the window. There's a dog. Dog. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Or like Alf. You know, someone went in there and just went. Yeah, he's like a furry alien guy. Yeah. And Good enough. Family. Let's do more cocaine. <laughs> well, totally. literally, that guy, the Alf guy was on heroin. That's the best part of that story. What? Like, that's yeah. The um, what's that movie? Permanent Midnight with Ben Stiller. Oh, sure. It's about the guy that um, he. I don't think he was a showrunner. I think he was a writer on Alf. Oh, okay. and he just basically was kind of like lightly on heroin in the beginning, and then basically had his downfall as he the more successful he became because of that show. He started turning more and more into Alf. Yeah. <laughs> he himself was becoming Alf, actually. Oh, wow. That'd be a funny true Hollywood story. Just like Alf is getting gacked out of his mind. <laughs> just with all the success, he's going to nightclubs. He's going to Studio 54. Then he's driving around downtown trying to score. Yeah. It's like, Alf he re- just drove he, by. <laughs> he wrecked his car. He's like, That's when it got real. Yeah. He's on life support. <laughs> That's when I started <laughs> wanting to eat cats. <laughs> That was one of his character traits is that he wanted to Mm -hmm. eat cats. I thought that one just kind of flew under the radar. That should not have been. Well, do you think they probably tried dogs first draft and the focus groups were having none of it? And then they go, let's switch it to cats. We can only be in love with dogs. Yeah, yeah. This is true. (laughs) cannot eat them. But in the movies back then, in the 90s, you could catch a cat on fire, throw it into a Christmas tree. It was just have a row in the the background (laughs) for a laugh. Yeah. And a record scratch. Fahim, aside from your aeronautics job, what's the worst yeah. job? Do you have a like a high school job or a part-time job? Did we talk about this already? Last no, we said t- last time we just it was an hour talking about air fryers, I think. Which I've oh, gotten one, right. by the way. 
Oh, nice. Okay, because I was I was going to talk about air fryers, but we already covered it. That's yeah, good. yeah. If we, we covered already... it, I mean, we can dip a little into it if there's <laughs> highlights. Or I anything. think I covered everything. Yeah, probably that okay. needs to be. Yeah, I spread you... the gospel of air fryers. You are the <laughs> the Oprah of air fryers. Yeah, <laughs> except I don't give them to people. I just say get one with your own money. Yeah, get your ex- own. I go. You can buy an air fryer. <laughs> you can buy it. Everyone, look under your chairs. There's air. <laughs> there's an Amazon link under your chair. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Maybe you didn't have one of those bad jobs because you went from engineer to comedian, right? Or did what did you do? Nah, but I would have like little summer jobs. Sure. Yeah, one one was one sucked. I was like helping some guy, like with like odd jobs around his business, and so it was like a lot, a lot of manual labor, like lifting a bunch of newspapers one time for him. And I'm like <laughs> a tiny kid, like I I kind of grew late, so it was a lot of work. And then he had me clear out bees in the back. <laughs> What? <laughs> he gave me some spray and there's like sticker bushes. And then he's like, yeah, can you just like clear out these bushes? And there were so many bees. Like that, I think I quit after that day. Like, yeah. This isn't worth it. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. What a terrible he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll have the child do it. Can you um, get rid of these rattlesnakes after you do the bees? Just yeah, you suit. have tinier wrists. That'll be, I'm like, oh, how does that make sense? <laughs> You have tiny wrists. Get rid of these snakes. So, yeah, that kind of sucked. Yeah, that's I think I, I, I worked at Domino's for 30 minutes. <laughs> One delivery? I was, <laughs> yeah. That's... Well, well, what's funny is when you get... So, it was training, but it's all on a computer. So, I'm like learning how to make pizzas on a computer. They probably oh. bought some software. Like, train your employees on on the computer. Yeah, so I'm making like half ground beef pizzas on a computer, like clicking buttons and stuff. Like it's the worst video game in the world. So I'm doing that for 30 minutes. And then I find out that I got a job at Safeco Insurance, which is like a cubicle, like a way better job. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to make pizzas. (laughs) So I didn't even pick up my check because it was like so little money. Yeah, yeah. So I pretty much just cosplayed as a Domino's employee for 30 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) You're like, now I know how to do that just in case. Like you just have it in your Yeah, it's not like Domino's is going to call the insurance company and be like, hey, we thought you should know we walked out (laughs) mid-pie. Yeah. I'm okay. You're not. Stop headhunting our guys. (laughs) Yeah, so nothing too terrible. What about you? You ever have like a terrible one? I did a thing where when I was like 12, the lady up the street hired me to feed her horses after school, which I was like, dream come true. But I had to take, I had to not just feed them, but clean out their stalls. And they had been standing in their stalls all day. So it was like four o'clock. So I would have to bridle them, take off an electric, um, like an electric thing so that they wouldn't like try to push against the door. And they were they were really big, big horses. Yeah. And then I would open the door and then they would like run a little bit because they knew I wasn't in charge, really. I was <laughs> a fucking 12-year-old girl. And it was so, looking back, wildly dangerous. Yeah. And it like improper. <laughs> and she was paying me like $5 a week or something like that. And then one day I went there and the, the fence was all fucked up. And, and I was like, I didn't know what to do. And I just went back home because I was like, that was my, the extent of my problem solving ability was like, yeah. well, I can't deal with an electric fence. So yeah. goodbye. <laughs> and then she called and was screaming at me. And then I, <laughs> my mom was just like, uh, yes, Janice, that's enough of this. Like we're, yeah. we're done. Like yeah. whatever. Where I think my parents were like, oh yeah, you should go try to work and you see yeah, what having build a job some character. Is like. Yes. It's, Meanwhile, yeah. I'm like running after thoroughbred horses and all this shit where it was just like so over the top. Uh, I should not have been in charge of those horses. At yeah. All. That, you could have got Abraham Lincoln, you know? What happened didn't to him? He the, didn't he get kicked in the head by a horse? Did he? <laughs> Did, am I making up he was, history? He was so good <laughs> at politics. It's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of, it's people don't remember it because the it got overshadowed by the getting shot in the theater thing. You're right. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did chop down that cherry tree. I know. <laughs> I know. What was your worst job, Chris? I think it has to be delivering, because on paper it sounded good. I was going to go door to door and deliver coupon books, and you got a percentage. It was always some sales job. Oh, but then, I remember those. Yeah, those coupon books. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. called Serendipity Ventures. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And uh, and the first time I got picked up, the girl was just chain smoking. We had to stop at a bar. These guys were fighting and they were my coworkers, <laughs> adult men. I was like 15. They got in the car. One of them had a bloody nose. And then we drove to a part of town that I'd never been to that where people want savings. So it was like a mobile <laughs> park and they, we just got dropped off until the sun went down and I'm with two drunk adult men. It was like that, these, all of the, the jobs we're talking about are very dangerous. The fact I didn't get kidnapped. These men were nice to me, by the way. They weren't like, they're like, sorry, you had to see that. We're friends and we were fighting. Like they treated <laughs> me they like a kid, about? but I can't believe I, that was like the nineties. You just get dropped off somewhere and go yeah. door to door. Dogs no bit me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned nothing and I wasn't good at it. <laughs> I, met, I brought a friend in that was like, he's like, oh, can I try? Can you get me a job? And he was like charismatic and all everyone's, all my friends, their moms love this kid. And he made hundreds of dollars. <laughs> he went well, in. sales, man. Like yeah. if you have that yeah. gene or gear, like yeah. you can make I, so much money. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it was weird. It took me several jobs, knives, all the, all the sales jobs you get before you're <laughs> in college and uh i'm like okay I don't, i'm not good at this i'm not good at selling my soul for a product one time this is named mike i i was like we were supposed to meet he's like yeah this family invited me in they were having a party and i ate a bunch of chicken and pizza i'm like you got invited into a house he was like partying with adults he had drank some beers no they invited him in he had sex. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> With the family. Like he that Netflix documentary. And the chicken. What is that Netflix show? It's about like the guy who had sex with the entire family, right? Oh, wait. The neighbor one where yes, he was the yes. neighbor and then he ended up yes. kidnapping the one girl. Yeah. And they're yeah. not mad at him. And like he ended up having sex with the wife and then the husband. Oh. It's like crazy. Man, it's he so must be bad. great in the sack. Oh, it's so gross. Well, I want to. I want to take his seminar. You know, you can go to pickup artists, <laughs> but they only teach you how to yeah. pick up women. I want to know how to fuck an entire family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, when you see that guy, <laughs> it's like that idea that this was any kind of a like th that it's a reveal of any kind that he's a, a bizarre and creepy pervert. It's just like yeah. you if you moved into a house and he came over and was like, "Hey, what's up? I'm your across the street neighbor." You would immediately sell that house. The creepiness co is coming off of him in waves. So yeah. I don't know what was going on in that family that they were just like, "Well, let's let's see. Let's just yeah. give him a chance." Yeah. Right. Insane. It is what's good with grandma is good with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another gear. Like, I'll see all these cult documentaries, too. And part of me is like, oh, yeah, what is this guy? He has something. There's something to be learned there. You know, it keeps on happening over and over again. Like, yeah, the way they talk to people, they're like, yeah. I think it's like extreme eye contact. I think it's the thing that most people are so uncomfortable doing, where it's like, if you lock in on someone and you act like you love looking at them, mm -hmm. they'll fucking do anything you right. want. I think it's a classic trick. I found when I when I'm trying to get someone to do something I know they don't want to do, I don't blink and I look <laughs> at one eye. I learned this from Michael Caine. <laughs> it's an acting thing. Oh, really? You just look at one eye and not both eyes. You, a lot of people dart around. A lot of people blink. If you look at don't their one dart. eye, you can get them to do all types of sex. You can get them to buy knives. <laughs> <laughs> coupon after coupon. Oh, so many coupon books. Yeah. What if you get both after you're done having sex? You go want some knives. <laughs> and then you get a coupon for next time. The <laughs> yeah. idea of selling coupon books sounds like it's from 1942. Like I that, know. That pre-internet shit you're right. where wow. it's like before the internet, there was stuff going on that like went unchecked or was assumed, yeah. like, when I first moved out for college, I remember opening, the, someone knocking on the door and me like, I wonder who's at the door. Uh -huh, opening yeah. the door, it's some dude, and he begins to pitch me buying magazine subscriptions. Right. And like, and of course, he was a charismatic type. I signed up for like three years of Vogue or some shit <laughs> that I didn't even want. Yeah. And didn't have the money to God, buy. I've done that and a lot. Very, like, just, that was... Standard. You would yeah. a open the door if someone knocked on it, and like, then I had to. It's a social contract. I, I mean, I agreed by having a door. Uh -huh. Just the weirdest, like 
difference. Yeah, especially because now if someone knocks on the door, I just laugh out loud and keep sitting there. It's like, who the fuck not? Okay, yeah, murderer, a time you think I've never seen outside. a movie? <laughs> yeah, that is so, but I don't know how, because here was my opening pitch. One of the coupons was for $10 off of an oil change. That I remember. The book itself was $12 to purchase. So I would just open it. I'm like, here's most of your money right here. Everyone needs an oil change. This is $10 off. You can just use one this Dairy Queen coupon or one other coupon. You got your $12 back. Okay, do you want one? They're like, get them. And that's when they'd sick their dog on me. I can't believe I didn't sell them hand over fist. Hey, I mean, that logic checks out for me. I'd yeah. Like, okay, yeah, all right. At most, $2 I'm paying for the coupon book. It's but I mean, you're, you're naturally good at math. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people that'd be very challenged by that opening, right? that opening gambit. We're just yeah. like, I would be like, like what? Yeah. Wait, Look how what? thick these pages are. This is quality <laughs> yeah. stock. Just totally it's the wrong thing. practically cardstock. I remember when I moved to, it's just funny how it's so antiquated coupon books. Like that was a, a deep memory that I totally forgot about coupon books because I used to sell them part of middle school too, you know? For baseball. But uh, I remember when I moved to LA, there wasn't GPS. Like I would, I would, uh, I got like the Thomas guide. Oh, yes. of course. So I remember I would get lost because they always close freeways here in LA, which is not a thing. And in Washington, you know, like yeah. you take, you go home the same way every time and it's fine. But here they'll close the 710, they'll close the 405, they'll close. And I'm not from here. So I'm just like, fuck, I don't know where I am. Yeah. And I would have to pull the car over and it would be in my trunk, this Thomas guide, <laughs> open up the Thomas guide, go C3 to whatever, and then find out where I am. Yeah. You had to find the page. Then you had to find, it was like, a whole there was like several factors you had to go to a page then you had to follow the grid then you mm -hmm. find where you are and after that information i don't remember how you would then have to look up the grid coordinates of your destination and yeah. then what get a highlighter all while driving you're memorizing streets above and below the address so you're like well if I turn here and i suddenly see adeline okay then i'm close like you're yeah it's yeah, insane you're, well, even, you know, as we're talking about this, just the the act of asking someone for directions mm -hmm. doesn't exist anymore. No. And it doesn't feel that long ago. Like that used to be such a big thing. Yeah. So it's like stop at a gas station. How do I how do I get to the four oh five or how do I get to the south? That was part of a Not gas a station worker's yeah. job. Erased. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That and handing out a dirty spoon connected to a key. <laughs> That and throwing an oily rag over his shoulder yeah. as he begins to gesture yeah. southward or wherever you're going. I, I wanted to do a sketch for like Law and Order or something where they go, like they go into a bar to ask about a murder, and the bartender just he has busy work that doesn't make sense. You know, he, he's he's just like polishing a beer can, like he's just like a nervous actor and doesn't know how to do natural yeah. things. He has a table so saw. He's, he's resurfacing yeah, he's just, the wood. He's just stacking the, the cans. You know, he's like, yeah, she used to come around here sometimes. They're like, cut, cut, cut. Uh, no one does that. No yeah. one no one would do that. You're, just you're, do what do what bartenders would do. Bartenders make beer style? towers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We were doing the same joke at the same oh, really? time. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, he's just like twirling the rag the whole time while talking about how what the girl was doing. Picking at his skin until it bleeds. Just, sir, that's more yeah, disturbing. Cut, cut, um, <laughs> that's bar back behavior. Yeah, they go, we can't recast him. We're in too deep. We need to move. We're losing daylight. Just work with him. Work with the actor. Hey, buddy, I know you're nervous, but uh, it's okay. Just maybe just don't do, do anything with your hands this time. Just... Yeah, I want to know what Eric Stoltz did on that day on Back to the Future where they had shot like a third of the movie and then he chewed it so hard one day that they're like, we got to reshoot this with someone else. That's so interesting, though, because like he he's a good actor. But he's was, great. He, yes. He's great. So, I mean, was it just that they kept on filming and they go, OK, it's just not, not gelling for the vibe that we want for That's this? That's exactly what they always say. There's never anything. I'm the first one to say anything bad about Eric Stoltz. I can't believe I even <laughs> did it. It's just comedically, his sensibilities did not match the hilarious Michael J. Fox, who was in a who sitcom Who was the perfect already. person. He was yeah. perfect. 
But it is interesting that it was late in life that I actually saw, because on YouTube, you can look at scenes with Eric Stoltz. Like, Is it a completely different movie? It's just memorable scene. Yeah, he's stone-faced and dramatic, and the music is different. It's an entirely different movie. Would they tell him to like lighten up or something or do a comedic wonder, twist on it? Or did he have his own I'm, interpretation? It had to be. like I remember they're, they're having the clock tower conversation in Doc Brown's house, and he so dramatically is realizing... That the clock, like that, it's too high stakes. It's not mm. as playful. It was like the the clock tower realization. You can. But this is the thing. This is what I'm talking about. Where how hard acting is because you're seeing some takes, but like yeah. we probably did forty. Right. Where it's like this is my funny version. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I guess I'll be less funny. You know what I mean? Or depending on how they're directing them, where it's like you're as an actor. You're just expected to just keep doing it yeah. over and over in different ways. Yeah. I just, I'm still amazed by that. <laughs> I was, I always thought I wanted to like be an actress, and I was so wrong. Like when I finally did it, I was just like, I, "What do you mean again? I did it!" Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I the way. It. That's the you way. You get one take out of me. <laughs> I'm an automatic one take. I wonder. do enjoy it. It is a great way to get health insurance too, but. Yeah, it, it once you get like you can watch uh, Star Wars auditions and watch. You can see Mark Hamill nail an audition so hard he's better than he is in the movie at acting. He nailed. Mm. That's why he got. You see all these other well-known actors and their same audition. I do a lot of YouTubing, you guys, and then yeah, I talk yeah. about it. You love it, uh, but he's so good in his audition that's like, oh, of course he got it. Not as good in the... I'm a big fan of Mark Hamill's auditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, I mean... Yeah, auditioning is a different art form unto itself. Yeah. Some people Ugh. can just kill auditions, but then they're they're not as great in the actual thing. Yeah. Like yeah. you can see Kurt Russell audition to be Luke Skywalker, and he it just didn't nail that audition. But he would have been that's great interesting. too. You know? yeah. Wow, that's out there? You can see Kurt yeah, Russell audition? Yeah, I, I go down <laughs> weird wormholes... If it's That'd be not funny if like, no, I asked, I asked him to audition in person at current current age. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch, and you can learn from them. Yeah, yeah. There's those office um, auditions; those are on YouTube. And then I think Steve Carell's audition for uh, Anchorman on YouTube is oh, pretty great. Man, that was good. Yeah, I had an audition once. I'm going to tell you the story of my proudest, <laughs> but but failed audition is I got a call on a Saturday for someone saying they were from casting for Seinfeld calling me in for an audition. And I go, shut up, and then hung up the phone. <laughs> and then they call back. They're like, no, no, it, it, we're not joking or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so sorry. I could have sworn you were like a friend. Like, I go, it's Saturday. And they're like, I know we had a, we had a thing and whatever, so we're bringing people in. For, it's, a, it's one line or whatever. You really so, said shut up and hung up? <laughs> yes, because it was like Seinfeld on a Saturday. It's a, it is the biggest show. It was probably 1996 or something like that. Yeah. It was like anyone's dream. Yeah. So then I go in and literally it's two lines. And it's like when Elaine, it's like another company party. And she's the one that danced weird last time. And so I'm like a cater waiter and I offer her taquitos and then say, are you the one that danced weird last time? Essentially was the it's two lines. I get there. It's filled with people. People. And it's all like, oh, that's, I recognize them from going to a show at the Groundlings. Like yeah. there's all these people there to do, to do that, yeah. the two line part. Right. I'm like, fuck, man, this is like intense. And I was, it was that kind of thing where I was like, I can't care about this because there, there's no way I'm going to get it. So yeah. whatever. Walk in. It's a gigantic room. Like, you know how normally you go in it's <laughs> office size yeah. room? This room yeah, was yeah. the size of no joke, like 10 offices put together. And there was a couch all the way around the outside. And then Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld are sitting like over here. And then there's like, it seemed like every writer, like they oh, were just God. doing a I'm big already group. scared. Right? Uh, That's so scary. Yeah. So I walk in, I'm like, man, this is like, and I'm thinking almost like normally I would have been out of my mind, but I yes. it was all so surreal that I was just like, this is crazy. And so then I get this idea right at the last second before they're like, are you ready to go? I'm like, oh, I'm going to say taquitos with an accent. <laughs> so they do the cue line or whatever it is. And then I go, taquito. And the entire room goes, like, erupts. And then I just am looking around like, fuck, yeah, like, I just did it or whatever. And then the <laughs> the, the 
casting person says the next line and I completely blank on the actual line oh, that fuck. matters of like, aren't you from, aren't you the lady that danced oh, weird no. left? So that I was like, uh, and I was Did like, you just I was say taquitos again? That's what I, I would have done. Literally, it was just like <laughs> I had to look, look at the paper oh, to say no. the next line, oh. and, then, and then I was just like, "Thanks, bye." And it was oh, like, no. I, I knew that. I didn't get it, but then it was that thing of like, that's and also that's I'm not. I don't mean to brag or tell that story to brag or whatever, because I always ate shit in every audition I went to. But it was like this one time where I was like, "Oh, maybe I get what I'm supposed to be doing here." Like, mm. bring a little something to the or yeah. whatever, and then just immediately, immediately like can't get over the just. It's like that was my accomplishment. I'm not acting. This was like I can't not take it all. It's so embarrassing. I'm, fr- well, I'm that's mad. The stand-up, that's the stand-up in you. Because like you're sitting in the pocket of the laugh and just, yeah. right? you're you. You're like, I did that. And then you're yep. like, oh, yeah. Hold on. I have to act. Yeah. Oh, oh, the point of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are yeah. you the lady that danced? Uh, and I'm sure I said it like so flat and boring. <laughs> where it's like, are you the lady that danced weird last hey, year? Thank you. Thank you. We always forget what we're going to close on. That happens all the time. <laughs> It sucks, though, because I can totally see you, 90s Karen, delivering that line all deadpan. <laughs> and you would have been great. You really Could've. screwed the pooch, the husky. You this screwed close. the Washington husky on that one. Every single time. I kind of want to watch that episode and just see who got it yeah. and what they did. Be like, oh, now I know why they got yeah. it. They really <laughs> they really brought some zest to it. Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe it was a young Judy Dench. Yeah, for real. It's like someone, it's like, oh, Charlize Theron got her start on Seinfeld. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, God, that would be so There is a lot of that, though. You watch the show and like Terry Hatcher, like all these guest stars, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then like uh, Daphne on Frasier. Like, yeah, they all kind of have little guest stars on that show. Yeah, I, one of the first times opening for a comic, it was, his name was John Bowman. Mm-hmm. And he was like an umbrella salesman on Seinfeld. And I'd seen that episode so many times. And I had to share a condo with him in, in Boise. It's when there used to be these <laughs> comedy condos and you just have a roommate for four days. Five. I think it was Tuesday through Sunday. <laughs> and I couldn't. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the umbrella guy from Seinfeld. I could never let it go. I never let him be a person. He was just a TV. I mean, how did he treat it? Was he just Did he just treat it like a thing that came and went? Or did he revel in it? Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a, I think maybe, I don't, I think it was in his, in his intro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was proud of it. And he was, fu- but, he was very funny. I, he made me laugh. I, I miss that guy. I miss being his roommate. But you know how I hold <laughs> salesmen in such a high regard. The high regard. <laughs> to yes, me, and jugglers. successful umbrella salesman. <laughs> what if he juggled the umbrellas? That would have put you oh, him in, a, in another league. No one does huh? more than five, six, <laughs> six, what in the seven? Um, I yeah. just faint. Uh, uh, God, they're lucky I wasn't unconscious in that car. The other passengers. <laughs> Was the juggling guy in the crosswalk, do you think he's working Los Angeles as a whole? Or do you think he's just in that area? He, mm. uh... He seemed like he had had a very bad year. And his limp, I don't think, was fully an affectation. He, in a past life, was an amazing juggler, and that's why I got very emotional about it. But it seems like he's rediscovered it. I hope he's taking that show on the road. You can't have that for one intersection. He was literally on the road, Fahim. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want multiple roads, though. I don't yeah. want a single road. I mean, no. that talent, you, you got to go to different intersections. Yeah. He's got to go to the Walk of Fame and he's got to get yeah. over by that really dirty SpongeBob SquarePants guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to be, be his agent and be yeah. like, I'm going to I'm gonna get you exactly. to the Sunset Strip. <laughs> I wished I was an agent in that moment. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm talking to Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> I saw it. interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you didn't know I was watching, but I was. I loved the limp in the beginning. He really did pretend. He's like, oh, I'm going to act extra forlorn. Like he was really dragging his leg. And one of his pant legs was ripped open. And then he was amazing. And he was having fun and he smiled. And I was like, oh, look at He's like a happy... It was really a, a everyone. Emo- I was looking around. And everyone's like, ah! everyone in their car was freaking <laughs> it's, out. It's no one kind of like- the, the pinnacle of street performance because there's a shot clock. 
yeah. you know, it's a high stakes yes. environment. There's cars and such. You're right. Yeah. It's a, it's a captive audience. Yes. It's pretty amazing. It was yeah. great. I loved so, it. So was it 30 seconds? How long did he have? It was a, sort of a long light. Uh, I don't know how he did that part, but it, it was, it's because it was where Alvarado meets Glenn. It was like a, there. you had to wait for five different streets to intersect. It wasn't just... So how many shows do you think he does per hour? Like how many times does that crosswalk come on? I, that's something I want to know too, if he just stepped to this, because he was juggled on, he was juggling on the corner. And then once the cars stop, I guess he does the limp and he was yeah. dragging like a milk crate. So everyone's like, oh brother, this is going to take a while. Yeah. They don't realize they're about to see the best show on earth. I feel like setup. maybe we should pitch this show. It's sort of like America's Got America's Got Talent, but it's at crosswalks. And yeah. it, everyone has 30 seconds to put on the grandest show, whatever they have. And then the people in the cars vote, you know, they decide. Yeah. And if they don't, don't get it, you execute them, right? Is <laughs> then then you, you run them over. You run them over. <laughs> yeah. It's like it should be near a freeway exit. So everyone has road rage. So they're not automatically <laughs> uh, uh -huh. going to love it. They're probably yeah, not gonna love it. the literal toughest audience there could yeah, be. Yeah. 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 An angry audience. Yeah. Like 30 the, seconds. Like the time I was doing morning radio in Austin, they got a guy that would win uh, Nickelback tickets if we could make him laugh. And he was so angry and so, so he came in there ready to not laugh. And it's like, this isn't gonna. Wait, did he not want the tickets? He really or... wanted. And I've talked about this before, so I'm repeating No, wait, it. you mean, Chris, you mean if he didn't laugh, you would try to make him laugh. If he didn't, he would win Nickelback tickets, right? I'm sorry. No, if, right. I think they were going to give them to him anyway. But the, the object of the game was he gets free Nickelback tickets unless... Against his will, we make him laugh, which right. is an impossibility, especially a guy who called in and said on the phone, I love Nickelback so much, I named my horse Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> which actually is a pretty good, it's yeah, a better it's a good horse, horse name, name than it, a rock It actually band. is a great horse name. Wow. Yeah. I never realized that until now. Now <laughs> yeah. I love the band. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've thought about it a few times because I, I disliked the name Seabiscuit so much, I came with a list of betters. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah, he did not laugh, and I think he enjoyed Nickelback, and I was scarred for life. He, yeah, we it yeah. was awful. Hey, everyone won, right? Yeah, but yeah, That's right. you, I think that I I love the show where it's like you have a street corner, yeah, but then you're. You're using people. I guess that's a bad. No part way. Of that Why are they show? being? They're, they're voluntarily. Competing. They love it. Yeah. They love right. it. They live it's for Los it. Angeles. They live to juggle. Exactly. Come yeah. on. Yeah, and you don't have to rent a theater, and and hire Nick Cannon and all that stuff. Mm -mm. Yeah, and it's for the people. There's no artifice of all this production. It yeah. is It's like the podcasting of talent shows. You yeah. know. It's it's real. It's gritty. I like it, and I'd like it's to in your face. It's I, in your face. You, yeah, you're you're commuting. You can't get away from it. Have you ever pitched a Have you ever pitched a show about? Oh, here's the premise. It's a aeronautical engineer who is funny in the office. And have you ever pitched that? No. Yeah. No. Do you but mind I mean, if I, I do? <laughs> just to take my life story. You're yeah. like, so when I, you growing up an Afghan boy, growing yeah. up in Seattle. It was hard. Then, I'll, I'll it admit hard. it, it was hard. Yeah. And then I got into engineering. And, I yeah. turned to math. You just wanted to get away from the grunge music scene. Uh, um, the, where's the time gone? We were already, this I know. was an episode. We have kept you for a long time. I did want to ask, though, because I started listening to your dance party podcast. Uh, he Man or Dance Hour? Because <laughs> I don't see another name on it. Are, are you talking to yourself? Because the other voice sounds like you. Oh, no. It's my buddy, <laughs> Ollie, Ollie Baluch. Uh, he, you guys have, did you know you have very, similar? very similar voices? I did not know. But he he's he's Afghan as well, so maybe it's Oh, an that's Afghan not, show. hey, hey, you know I'm not dipping whoa, my toe. Whoa. Um, I'm just saying, all, I never saw a photo. I used similar. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I mean, I mean, you sound different. Oh, did I say the same? I meant different. I just like the great. idea of, and how difficult it would be to, Record both sides of a podcast as one person. 
Because you're like, I'm like, after there was enough banter, I'm like, okay, there's no way this is two people. <laughs> yeah, this is top level talent. If he's doing <laughs> yeah. a podcast with himself, a recorded. <laughs> that means there's two guys that talented in this world. They have to both be him. <laughs> yeah, I was doing it for a bit and then... And then I got the writing job, so I wasn't able. My, you know, your time is less, so I stopped doing it. But I'm bringing it back, so I'm what do doing you? Yeah, the, we're uh, concluding. Is there anyone, anything you want to promote, like writing yeah, jobs or tours? Or no, I mean I'm done with the writing job. Yeah, I'm on tour. So if you go to fahimanwar.com, you'll see what cities I'm doing. I'm doing Irvine this week, and then Phoenix, and then I'll be in New York and Chicago. Terrific. Some other places. So yeah, just check out that. I guess my IG, you know, Fahim Anwar, I put stand-up clips up there. And then the podcast I'm starting up again. So that's awesome. my YouTube channel where the special is as well. Just Fahim Anwar. Nice. Yeah. If you, if you are on, look at his website and if you live in LA, he's often at the comedy store and he's very good. And his special takes place in all three rooms at the comedy store. And it's very funny. If you like jokes. Thanks, man. One of the great. like well-written jokes. Thanks for being here with us. Of course. Thanks for having me as always, guys. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R! This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Honk, honk. We used to honk the horn, Fahim. Oh, I get it, I get it. (laughs) Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.